कृष्ण हरे हरे
राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे हरे कृष्ण हरे कृष्ण 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 have we got on the board? Okay. We'll just chant the first one, shall we? Up to, um, oh gosh. Can't see it. It's a bit hard to chant it when you can't read it. What do you reckon? Nada darsha pratit chanam 
Valmi Katrina Kichikai Pipila Kabir Achirnam Medas Twanam Sasonitam Nadajasha Pratichanam Valmika Trina Kichakai Pipilika Bhir Achirnam Medastvan Mamsa Sonitam Nadasha Pratichanam Valmika Trina Kichakai Pipilika Bhir Achirnam Medastvan Mamsa Sonitam Nada dasha patichanam Valmika trina kitchakai Ladies, Nadadasha Pratichanam, Malmikatrina Kichakai, Pipilika Birachinam, Medastvan Mamsashonitam. Sashonitam. Na. Not. Tadarsha. Saw. Pratichanam. Covered. Valmika. By an anthill. Trina. Grass. Kichikai. And bamboo sticks. Pipilikabhi by the ants Achirnam eaten all around Medaha whose fat Twak skin Mamsa the flesh Shonitam and blood Tampantam heating by a severe type of penance, Logan, all the three worlds, Yata, 
just as abra by clouds apihitam covered ravim the sun vilaksha seeing vismitaha struck with wonder praha said hasan smiling tam to him hamsa vahanaha lord brahma who rides a swan aeroplane hmm you know there's a place in mayapur called hamsa vahan yeah hamsa vahan sacred place lord brahma who was carried by a swan aeroplane at first could not see where hiranyakashipu was for hiranyakashipu's body was covered by an anthill and by grass and bamboo sticks because hiranyakashipu had been there for a long time the ants had devoured his skin fat flesh and blood then lord brahma and the demigods spotted him resembling a cloud covered sun heating all the world by his austerity struck with wonder lord brahma began to smile and then addressed him as follows purport the living entity can live merely by his own power without the help of skin marrow bone blood and so on because it is said asango yam purushaha the living entity has nothing to do with the material covering hiranyakashipu performed a severe type of tapasya austerity for many long years indeed it is said that he performed the tapasya for 100 heavenly years since one day of the demigods equals six of our months certainly this is a very long time by nature's own way his body had been almost consumed by earthworms ants and other parasites and therefore even brahma was at first unable to see him later however brahma could ascertain where hiranyakashipu was and brahma was struck with wonder to see hiranyakashipu's extraordinary power to execute tapasya anyone would conclude that hiranyakashipu was dead because his body was covered in so many ways but lord brahma the supreme living being in this universe could understand that hiranyakashipu was alive but covered by oh, me, uh, material elements it is also to be noted that although hiranyakashipu performed this austerity for a long long time he was nonetheless known as a daicha and rakshasa 
It will be seen from verses to follow that even great saintly persons could not perform such a severe type of austerity. Why then was he called Arakshasa and Daitya? It is because whatever he did was for his own sense gratification. His son, Prahlad Maharaj, was only five years old. And so what could Prahlad do? Yet, simply by performing a little devotional service, according to the instructions of Narada Muni, Prahlad became so dear to the Lord that the Lord came to save him. Whereas Hiranyakashipu, in spite of all his austerities, was killed. This is the difference between devotional service and all other methods of perfection. One who performs severe austerities for sense gratification is fearful to the entire world. Whereas a devotee who performs even a slight amount of devotional service is a friend to everyone. Suridam Savabhutanam. Since the Lord is the well-wisher of every living entity and since a devotee assumes the qualities of the Lord, a devotee who acts for everyone's good fortune by performing devotional... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, a devotee... Uh, okay, I'll read that again. Since the Lord is the well-wisher of every living entity and since a devotee assumes the qualities of the Lord... A devotee also acts for everyone's good fortune by performing devotional service. Thus, although Hiranyakashipu performed such a severe austerity, he remained a daicha and a rakshasa, whereas Prahlad Maharaj, although born of the same daicha father, became the most exalted devotee and was personally protected by the Supreme Lord. Bhakti is therefore called indicating that a devotee is freed from all material designations and anyabilashita shunyam, situated in a transcendental position, free from all material desires. Amagyana timirandasya gunanjana salakaya chakshurun militam jena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Svayam Rupakadamahiyam Tadati Svapadantikam Mukam Karoti Vachalam Pangum Langayate Gurim Yatkripa Tamaham Bandehi Shri Gurum Dinatarinam There are similarities between Prahlad Maharaj and Ambarish Maharaj in that they were simple or shall we say they were were simply devotees. (laughs) 
Prahlad was a five-year-old boy. Uh, Amarish Maharaj is actually a very <laughs> powerful individual, very powerful um, ruler, ruler of the of the universe, practically speaking. Um, but both of them attacked by or, or persecuted, shall we say, by um, others, but who didn't uh, defend themselves effectively. But because they were so dear to Krishna, uh, Krishna either uh, appeared himself or in Ambarish Maharaj's case, appeared in the form of the Sudhisan Chakra to protect um, Ambarish Maharaj from the curse of Duvasamuni. Right? Duvasamuni created a demon, didn't he? To attack Ambarish Maharaj. Right? So what were their qualifications? Uh, they performed devotional service. Uh, beginning with what? What? What did they think? What did they? What did they do? As devotees, Savaimana Krishna Padara Vindayo. They were always thinking of Krishna. This is a symptom of a devotee, right? Manmana Bhava Madbhakto Madhyaji Mamnamaskuru. Krishna describes the, the, the characteristics, the qualities of a devotee. And the first item is they're always thinking of Krishna. Matschita. Matschita, matkata, prana, bodayanta, parasparam, katiyantascha, mamnicham, tusjanticha, ramanticha. Devotees get pleasure and satisfaction from remembering Krishna. And uh, being uh, um, rendering service to Krishna. So one of the key differences described here between a devotee and a demon is that the devotee is thinking of Krishna and acts on Krishna's behalf. The demon thinks of himself and acts on his own behalf. Right? What does that make us? When we're thinking of Krishna and acting on Krishna's behalf, we're devotees. When we're thinking of ourselves, <clears throat> we, and, and acting selfishly, then that makes us what? Demons. Yeah. Although, there is a little, you know, we may be acting on our, uh, in our best interest on our own behalf, you know, especially for self-preservation. But if that purpose, if the purpose is to serve Krishna, to, 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 to prepare ourselves or to um, make our situation favourable so that we can render service to Krishna, even looking after ourselves is, is not selfish. 
And so it's not that a devotee is, you know, um, interested in self um, abnegation, <clears throat> but rather they look after themselves, they look after their own personal interests in the interests of serving the Lord. So um, the, the challenge here is how is Hiranyakashipu so powerful, right? How has he become so powerful? So powerful that Lord Brahma has appeared to pacify all of the other demigods because Aranyakashipu's austerity is just so great that he's made the universe practically impossible for everybody else to live in. Right? This is the nature of a demon. Right? Demon creates an uh, inauspicious environment uh, wherein it's difficult for the devotees to perform their devotional service. Right? And so Lord Brahma, hearing the complaints, hearing the prayers of the demigods, he's come to see what Hiranyakashipu is up to. Because it's been described previously, Hiranyakashipu wants to take over Lord Brahma's position. <laughs> this is his ultimate goal. So, um, his, the, the power of his austerities is actually somewhat bewildered the demigods and Brahma. And such that they couldn't see him. They couldn't, they did. They knew where he was, but they couldn't see him because his, he'd been performing austerities for so long that all of the um, sinew, all of the um, muscles and blood, what is it described here? All of the physical features of his form, except for his bones, were all eaten up. <laughs> But still, somehow or other, he was in his body, still, still present. Huh? Here, Papa says here, anyone would conclude that Hiranyakashipu was dead. Huh? Because his body was covered in so many ways, you know, by sticks and stones and the anthill and so forth. Huh? And... Um, uh, so for all intents and purposes he should have been dead but to Brahma's surprise he's, he could understand because of the austerities that he performed and the fact that you know there's fire coming out of his head <laughs> that he must have been still present huh? And, and so it's, it's interesting, actually, isn't it? You know, austerities and penances are not necessarily the measure of a devotee, right? 
The measure of a devotee is their bhakti. Their bhakti may inspire renunciation, right? Just like we see in the character of Raghunath Das. Raghunath Das uh, was so absorbed in his service, in his, in his spiritual position, in, his, in identifying with his spiritual identity, so deeply absorbed um, on the internal spiritual platform that he, he, he would eat, you know, six drops of buttermilk every second day. Right? Could you imagine that? He's so absorbed in his devotional service and his internal meditation that he didn't need to eat. Right? How long can you go without eating? You reckon? How many hours can you go? Huh? What are you meditating on right now? Huh? The the rasgulla that you stashed? Or the rasgulla that you've already eaten? <laughs> <laughs> So, <clears throat> yeah. It may be that through the performance of bhakti and that deep absorption, Raghunath Das deeply absorbed in his siddhadeha, you know, his eternal position as a manjari. Who's Raghunath Das? What, what, who was he in um, in um, Krishna Lila? Anybody know? I've forgotten. Um, so, uh, an eternal associate of Radha and Krishna, eternal servant. Um, and deeply absorbed in that um, identification, not with the external, but with the internal. His physical material body was, was um, nourished by spiritual potency, huh? spiritual shakti. So he didn't really need to eat. Prabhupada mentions that uh, um, Rupa Goswami and Sanatan Goswami, uh, they, they would sleep two hours a day, right? And eat once a day. Could you imagine doing that? What would happen if you only slept two hours a day? Anybody try to function on two hours of sleep a day, what happens? What's that? Cranky. Is that what you said? Cranky? Yeah, cranky and annoyed. Yeah. Feed me. 
cranky and annoyed. Yeah. Yet Haranyakashipu was performing, you know, this austerity, not eating for how long is it mentioned here? What is it mentioned in the purport? He, it is said that he performed the tapasya for 100 heavenly years, right? And one day of the demigods is six months, right? Well, that's just one day. And he did that for a thousand years, right? So that's a lot. <laughs> huh? And he didn't eat all of that time. Right? And that was based on just because you know we know that Ranyakashipu is this is Krishna Leela actually. He, the reason why Ranyakashipu is able to do this is because he's actually empowered by the Lord. Right? Effectively. Otherwise he wouldn't be able to do it. But it, it illustrates that just because a person can, you know, is able to perform austerities, it's not necessarily a measure of devotion. It may be a measure of power, right? Here, in this case, material power, tejas, right? Material power. But, it, it, and even though it may be a characteristic of somebody who's very advanced, Right, maybe. It's not necessarily a measure of spiritual advancement. And so Prabhupada makes a point here. He's known as a daicha and a rakshasa. Right? He's known as a demon and a rakshasa. Even though he manifests these symptoms of uh, great power and, and the uh, capacity to perform austerities, and, and by the performance of those austerities, the attainment of mystic powers, right? mystic potency. And of course, that's attractive to the demons. They want to be powerful. Ishvaraham Mahambogi, what isn't it? Uh, I am the controller and the enjoyer, right? This is the thinking of a of the of the demons. Um, Janananda Maharaj was reading from the 16th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita the other day, the, the characteristics of a demon. So, uh, Lord Brahma saw, eventually they worked out what was going on, that, that Hiranyakashipu had been performing his austerities for so long that his body had practically disintegrated. And um, um, it's interesting to see what Brahma's response is. What does Brahma do when he sees him? Amen. Yeah, no, but before that, what did he do? Here. 
um, it says, Hasham tam hamsavahanaha. So what's that mean? Hasam. He smiled. Right? He smiled. I guess he's, he's you know, think a devotee's not usually impressed by a lot of carry on. Right? So he smiles. Not that impressed. Right? <laughs> Smiling. What are you up to? <laughs> right? It's like a, a child being caught by the parent doing something naughty. <laughs> Although often parents' response is not to smile. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it's very interesting, isn't it? He performs great austerities, disturbs the whole universe, and is still known as a demon. Whereas Pallad Maharaj, what did he do? Just performed his devotional service. Ambarish Maharaj, even though he's a great king, just performed his devotional service. And then he was protected by the Lord because of that, um, those characteristics of a devotee, manmana, bhava, man, bhakta, always thinking of Krishna, becoming Krishna's devotee, worshipping Krishna, offering uh, obeisances to Krishna, Performing austerities, if there is a, a need to perform austerities, and the devotees will perform austerities that are conducive to the performance of devotional service. Uh, like Maharaj mentioned yesterday, devotees generally don't perform many. What, what was the austerity that he mentioned yesterday? What's our main austerity? Courtesy. Yeah. And, you know, we fast on. Appearance days to remember Krishna basically to, to minimize the amount of time that we spend looking after the body and use that time for remembering Krishna and rendering service. And, and you know, we see here in that regard, then the devotees working on behalf of everyone and for the benefit of everyone. Uh, Prabhupada always gives the example of watering the root of the tree to nourish the whole tree. So by serving Krishna and serving the devotees of Krishna, one's automatically working for the benefit of everybody. Uh, Krishna's the root and the source of everything. So. Performing devotional service is like watering the root of the tree. And by the watering of the root of the tree, the, the whole tree is nourished. So Krishna is the source of everything. By rendering service to Krishna, then everybody benefits. So uh, just by the simple performance of devotional service, one can work for the benefit of everybody, but we see that a character like Haranyakasipu performs great austerities 
And what does it, does it benefit anyone? No, it just creates a disturbance. And so the Lord Brahma has to come along and say, what are you doing? Uh, you're performing these austerities and that's wonderful, but you're creating a hellish environment for everyone. It's getting too hot because of the flames coming out of the top of his head. <laughs> so um, Prabhupada makes a point here. Bhakti is called Savopadi Vinir Muktam. When one performs devotional service, one's freed from the material considerations, from the material designations. Huh? And Anyabhilashita Shunyam renders service free from material desires. As we see, Hiranyakashipu, he's, even though he's only bones, right, at this stage, he's still very much in the bodily concept of life, wanting to acquire qualities and characteristics that automatically come to a devotee by the performance of devotional service. But because he didn't want to, he, he wanted the, the qualities and the, the attractive qualities and characteristics of a devotee immortality and power, potency, shakti, if you like. Uh, but he wanted to achieve them by material ends. He wanted to, wanted to um, um, become powerful in his own right and basically to create trouble for others, whereas a devotee, simply by the performance of devotional service, is ultimately working for the benefit of everybody. This is the, 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 the great quality of, of devotional service. Great qualities. Free from material designation, free from personal ambition or personal consideration. Okay, does anybody have any comments or questions on any of these points? Hey, Monk. How can you keep saying Brahma's name when, he's, when he doesn't have any skin or anything? How can we what? How can he see him? Huh? How can we see him? Yeah. He was just bones. Yeah, but his eyes is also gone. And how can he see? What was that? His eyes is also gone. So how can he see? How could he see him? Well, Brahma is, uh, is powerful, right? <laughs> and it wasn't a pile of bones. The bones were still standing erect, right? So there was, his form was, once they looked closely, they could see that he was still there because, and also keep in mind, he's got flames coming out the top of his head. <laughs> Pretty amazing sight when you think about it. Yeah. Sibia. Hare 
Hare Krishna Prabhupada, thank you for the nice class. Um, you were mentioning about the Kadashi Sarita Dawi fast. But we see um, in Dhruva Maharaj, he uh, performed austerities for six months and he got the darshan of Lord Vishnu. So then how Dhruva Maharaj in six months, Dhruva Maharaj, yep. he yep. got the darshan of Lord Vishnu. But us, we are performing austerities like Ekadashi for a lot of time. So how can, why are we not getting the darshan of the deities? Like in front of eyes. But you do have darshan, don't you? Like Dhruva Maharaj, he got to see the Lord face to face. Yeah, so but you see Krishna face to face too, don't you? Huh? Yeah. And you don't even do any, any austerity. But like Dhruva Maharaj got to see him and he got to talk to him. So why but so do we. We are performing austerities for a lot of time, like Ekadashi. Yep. You, we hardly perform any austerity and we still get to see Krishna every day, right? So, we're fortunate like Dhruva Maharaj, aren't we? Yeah, I. Um, anybody else like to make a comment on this point? What do you think, Sylvia? We really can't like talk to him, as, and he like we can't experience what Dharma Maharaj got like talking to him, and then Lord Vishnu talking back to him. So. Right, you may have to wait a little while for that. <laughs> Or listen carefully. When Krishna is talking to you, you may have, you might have missed something. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? You see, we actually have Krishna's association in the form of the holy name, right? In the form of the deity, in the form of the prasadam, in the form of the spiritual master and his instructions. So. It's learning how to appreciate Krishna's presence in a variety of forms. And even for Dhruva Maharaj, he was only present for a moment and then he, he left, didn't he? Wasn't for very long, right? So, <clears throat> um, in one sense, Dhruva Maharaj was very fortunate because he got that personal darshan. But um, we're also fortunate because we have the personal darshan of Krishna and we have to learn how to take advantage of it. Right? Krishna speaks to us. How does Krishna speak to us? How does Krishna speak to you? Sometimes, yep, how often a day? Okay, yep. But even, you know, um, we get instructions. How do we receive instructions from Krishna? Through the spiritual master and devotees. Huh? Through the spiritual master. Yes, 
Yeah, that's right. Through the Bhagavad Gita, through the Bhagavatam. So it's, it's interesting, you know, we actually have the same experience. It just manifests in a different way, if you think about it, right? And for us, it's interactive, it's every day. Do your mum and dad tell you to do stuff? Yep. That's Krishna in the form of your mum and dad guiding you, right? This is why we have to respect our parents. Because ultimately, they're Krishna's representatives. What do you think? Huh? Do, you think do we think like that when mum and dad tell us to do stuff? Oh, boy. Always telling me what to do. Huh? But actually, the parents represent Krishna. When you think about it, right? if we were to look at it from a transcendental perspective. <laughs> All the devotees, the spiritual master, the Bhagavad Gita, yeah. I agree with that. What's your thoughts? A question? Uh, Prabhuji, you said that about Amrish <clears throat> uh, Maharaj had, like, when he, um, when Durvashmini had come and then he had given, like, he had manifested the demon and then um, he was about to torment uh, Amrish Maharaj, so then Lord Vishnu had sent his Sudarshan Chakra immediately. But here, as we see in Prahlad Maharaj's case, he, like, for such a long time he had to endure, like, Hiranyakashipu. He was through so many, and then at the last, Lord came. Why didn't Lord come in the starting, like how He did with Amrish Maharaj? He sent the Sudarshan Why didn't? Lord Nishringadev appear to Prahlad Maharaj early on in the piece? Yes, Raji. Um, that would that would ruin the Leela. <laughs> the Leela requires and of course you know there's there's a lesson here that a devotee is tolerant in the face of provocation and in the face of 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 uh, difficulties, right? Um, and so we see in the character of Prahlad Maharaj, despite the fact that he was being provoked by his father, he was tolerant. He tolerated the, um, the, the, the persecution of his father. And so we're learning from the behavior of Prahlad Maharaj what the qualities of a Vaishnava are, and um, by that example and by his association, we're developing our own ability to, you know, to tolerate. Tolerance is, and that's one of the characteristics of a devotee, right? To diksha, tolerance, yep. despite difficulties. And, and, you know, the material world 
is designed in such a way so that there will always, there will always be problems. Right? And so a devotee naturally tolerates those, and we, and we see that. But, but the, I guess the, the um, underlying um, message is that a devotee who's tolerant will, at, uh, will eventually be protected, will be, will be um, um, yeah, protected by Krishna. Uh, it, it may take some time for Krishna to manifest his protection, but protect he will, right? <clears throat> so there's, you know, Krishna's teaching us through the example of Prahlad Maharaj and also Ambarish Maharaj. You know, Ambarish had to tolerate, um, you know, the, the misbehavior of Devasamuni. But yeah, he, he was, his, his reciprocation apparently came quicker, right? Apparently. What do you think? Praji. Hmm? I had one more question, Praji. One more question. Oh, one more question. Yeah. Uh, Praji, you know, uh, like how it's like when we please the devotee, the Lord is pleased. Yes. Uh, Praji, when Hiranyakashipu was like, he, he did penance for such a long time, 100 heavenly, heavenly years. Then when Brahma came and gave him boons, so wasn't he pleased? And then why, like, wouldn't Lord be pleased also with him? Like, of course, he was a demon, but then how could he, he pleased a devotee still. So how did the Lord, like, you know. What was that last bit? How uh, did he? Like, when uh, he pleased Brahma, who, he's he, the, he what, Brahma? He pleased Brahma. Pleased, he yeah. gave him what he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, isn't that, doesn't that mean, doesn't that mean like, Krishna also should be pleased with him, because he pleased his devotee? Does it mean that Krishna should also be pleased because Hiranyakashipu pleased Brahma, his devotee? I don't think he did please Lord Brahma, did he? No. Lord Brahma smiled, but it was more, you know, what are you up to? <laughs> Not oh, and and the reason why Brahma uh, pacified Hiranyakashipu was because. He wanted to protect the other residents of the universe who are all being inconvenienced. And, and um, um, Prabhupada gives the example of how sometimes the demigods give benedictions that are actually not helpful for anybody, right? So in this case, he wanted to, he wanted to pacify and then he gave him so much power, then what did Brahma do? Oh, sorry, what, what did Ranyakashipu do? He then terrorised everybody, right? And there's that story of, um, what's that story that Prabhupada quotes in the Krishna book about um, the demon who was worshipping Lord Shiva? What was his name? No, and he was... He did a jagya and he was putting his, he was cutting off pieces of his body and putting it into the fire. And so he was about to chop his head off and put it in the fire. And um, Lord Shiva said, you know, what do you want? <laughs> huh? 
I can't remember. It's in the Krishna book, the story. Right? And so the demon asked for the power that whoever's head he touched, and it was explode. <laughs> right? And, and um, so he was testing it out. He wanted, to, he, he wanted to test it out on Lord Shiva, right? He wanted to test out the benediction given by... And this is very interesting. He's been given a benediction, but what does he want to do? He wants to... And this is what Aranyakashi put. This is a symptom of a demon. Given a benediction, then the demon wants to use it against the person who's given them the... the, the the power, the potency, well, in other words, take over their position. So, um, I think Lord Brahma was just being, uh, what's the word, um, uh, trying to pacify, he's being diplomatic. Right? And, and, you know, wanted to avoid the inconvenience that Aranyakashipu was creating for the rest of everybody else. And so he thought, okay, I'll give... And, of course, again, this is Krishna... This is a pastime. So this, in part, is Krishna's plan to glorify Prahlad Maharaj, to appear as Nisringadev, right? <clears throat> Hey, Bob. You're not playing with the phone, are you? You're paying attention. <laughs> Anything else? Any other comments? What's your comment? Hey. What's the question? Or what's the comment? <laughs> you can ask me afterwards, okay? Why is what? Why is? You don't have to fast. <laughs> why is? Why is being hungry? You know, hard to tolerate. You're getting. The fire of digestion is starting to consume you. <laughs> You just you start to digest yourself. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a codice is a bit of a problem for you guys, right? Are you making them follow a codice? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Do you get hungry on a codice? No. You get hungry on a codice? Sometimes. <laughs> 
Um, you know what you can do? You can get your mum to make um, some peanuts and raisins and you can put them in a little plastic bag and take them with you. And if you get hungry, you've got something to eat. And you're not breaking a codicy. See, you know, strictly speaking, a codicy means don't eat anything. Right? Strictly, strict adherence to a codicy means fast. How does that sound? Yeah. Don't do it. You don't need to do it. I can't do it. I can't fast all day. <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, maybe 10, 11 years ago, um, I, I was following um, Jamastami. It was Jamastami. Right? And it was about 9 o'clock at night. And, uh, you know, every year I'd follow Jamastami. But that particular year, I nearly just collapsed, fainted, nearly fainted. And Nabhadri Bishri gave me one of those, you know, energy drinks. Not, not the, not, um, not like, um, what is it, Red Bull or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just an electrolyte, you know, no caffeine or anything like that. And if I hadn't had that, then I would have, I would have just killed over. Right? So we have to be careful. Got to be tuned into the body. Although I suspect that you probably won't fade away. <laughs> but I guess what, what age should a child fast? What, at what point should a person fast safely, do you think? Huh? I don't know. Some kids will do it just spontaneously, naturally, they'll just do it. Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, we do tend to impose ourselves on others, especially if we're parents, right? We want our children to be good Hare Krishnas, right? Yeah. So we kind of push them a bit. But in one sense, not pushing is not a bad idea too. You know, giving a little bit of leeway. So I noticed there's quite a few questions coming about a codicy recently. Is that a, is that a debate going on in your house at the moment? A debate going on in your household? Debate. No? Just, Sibia's just, she's, I think she, for the last three or four days we've had questions about a codicy. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. And the performance of austerities. What about austerities? But really, you know, we don't need to perform austerities um, in, in the sense that, um, yeah, a codicy is our main austerity. That's it, pretty much. Right? 
and preaching. That's an austerity. And even if a person is very austere, as we're seeing here, it doesn't mean necessarily they're, they're spiritually advanced. It could mean they're a big demon. <laughs> okay. Gondraj Shimad Bhagavatam Kijai Sarapal Pa Kijai Gora Bhakta Pindaki Jai Hare Krishna. <laughs>